Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on today's show, we'll preview the Orlando Magic for the 2019-2020 season. Dennis Newman, the radio voice of the Orlando Magic, will be here to do that for us. He is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Meanwhile, the baseball playoffs continue in the National League Championship Series. The Washington Nationals up three games to none going into Tuesday evening, where Game 4 is scheduled to be played in D.C. And I guess the Cardinals used up all their runs against the Braves in that Game 5 clincher of the NLDS because they have only scored two runs in three games as the national strong pitching staff has dominated Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Anibal Sanchez, who Joe Finger and I mentioned would be the X-Factor in our LCS preview bonus podcast of the last week. He was no-hit ball through seven innings, I believe, uh, and just totally dominant. And the Nationals will attempt to get a sweep. Meanwhile, in the ALCS, it is actually going on as I'm recording this podcast at 7.10 on Tuesday evening. The Astros lead 4 to nothing In the bottom of the seventh, Garrett Cole pitching another gem. 109 pitches. He's given up five walks, which is a career high for him. Ties his career high. But uh, with two outs in the bottom of the seventh as we record the podcast, he just struck out Judge. And uh, he is just amazing. 2-0 coming into this game with a .57 ERA uh, in the playoffs. Just absolutely mind-blowing as far as that goes. Turning to the NFL. So what do we know about the NFL after six weeks? As we look at the standings, we know that the New England Patriots are 6-0 and and still the best team in the NFL. Doing it, though, with defense more this year than offense. You could even say Tom Brady's been a little pedestrian. Not ready to call him into retirement yet. <laughs> but uh, Patriots have only given up 48 points in six games. And the next best team in the AFC is right there in their division, I think. The Buffalo Bills at 4-1, and one, and their only loss coming to the Pats. Uh, they are quietly getting things done. And then you look at the the Jets. Oh, they beat my Cowboys. What an embarrassment. Sam Darnold does make them a little bit better. And the Miami Dumpster Fire, Dolphins 0-5. Uh, in the North Division, you know, Baltimore leading it 4-2. Two-game lead on Cleveland and Pittsburgh, who's now in their third quarterback of the season. And Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, welcome to NFL head coaching 0-6. And they are just a bad football team. The South is an intriguing division as Houston has knocked off Kansas City uh, out in the West to go 4-2. So that was a good win for them. Uh, Indianapolis right behind them at 3-2. Jacksonville 2-4, Tennessee 2-4 still trying to find their footing. Uh, uh, Minshew has been terrific at quarterback for the Jaguars considering... Uh, but they still have 
other problems. And, and as we mentioned, Kansas City, 4-2 of the West, and the Oakland Raiders, how about that, right behind them at 3-2. and two. Would not have pegged that at this point the season. Denver and the LA Chargers at 2-4. and four. You know, Chargers, uh, will they be able to do what they did uh, recently, getting off to a slow start and then getting hot and and uh, having a good record at the end. That still remains to be seen. Over in the NFC, maybe the NFC East is a, is a bit of a uh, of a weak link. Dallas, Philadelphia, three and three. Cowboys have lost three straight. As I mentioned, losing to the Jets. Yeah, one thing to lose to the, lose to Green Bay and New Orleans, but uh, losing to the Jets inexcusable, even with all the injuries they had. Giants at two and four on the Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes has won a couple of ball games, and the Washington Redskins would still be winless if they had not got to play the winless Miami Dolphins. And they are just oh in terrible shape. Jay Gruden out. Bill Callahan will coach them the rest of the way this year. Will be interesting to see. Whew, you got to be desperate to be a head coach if you take the Redskins job. Green Bay moves to 5-1 and one in the North. Game up on the Vikings 4-2. Chicago 3-2, and two, but they don't really have a quarterback. Trubisky's terrible. Detroit 2-2-1. Two, two and, and they've got some talent to work with. That could still be an interesting divisional race when it comes down to it. How about the New Orleans Saints in the South? Surviving the Drew Brees injury. Have now won four in a row with Teddy Bridgewater keeping things steady. And the Saints uh, looking better on defense this year as well. Carolina 4-2. Kyle Allen had taking over the injured Cam Newton has gotten the job done with four straight wins as well as they keep pace with the Saints. Tampa Bay 2-4. James Winston, the turnover machine, still terrible. And Atlanta 1-5. The Dan Quinn firing watches on there. And how about the West? San Francisco off to a 5-0 start. Kyle Shanahan getting it done there. Seattle 5-1. Russell Wilson having a terrific year. The Rams, the defending NFC champs, are 3-3. They have lost three in a row. And Arizona's actually won a couple in a row after starting 0-3-1 with their rookie quarterback, Kyler Murray. So still plenty to be sorted out. Some interesting stories thus far in the NFL. So that is what we know and don't know after six weeks. But I tell you what we do know. NFL officiating is just a big bag of crap. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. It is terrible. You know, they put in the pass interference rule and these things don't get reversed, even when they're obvious. The number of penalties being called just... Absolutely insane. Six straight penalties in the Cowboys-Jets game at the end of that one. And, of course, the one they didn't call when Jason Witten was interfered with on the two-point conversion. You, you just wonder what they are looking at. And then the two phantom calls of the uh, hands-to-the-face in the Green Bay-Detroit game. And when you get guys like Barry Sanders tweeting and Tony Dorsett tweeting about how terrible this is and look you know when i was watching that cowboy jet game and the and the penalties were play after play after play 
and they're benefiting the Cowboys, and I'm still thinking, God, this is terrible to watch. It's it's difficult. And they've got to get the officiating. You know, they need a change of leadership at Alberto Riveron, I think. And again, replay to me has always been the culprit for making officiating worse and worse because guys just are hesitant to either make calls or they make calls too soon. They're just they're just handcuffed by that whole process. And as you know, my feelings about replay and how inequitable it is, they don't get it right a lot of the times as they should. So lots of things that they need to get fixed as far as that game, as far as the NFL officiating is concerned. And as we quickly become upon the 2019-2020 season, it's time to preview the Orlando Magic. And joining us to do that is the radio voice of the Magic, Dennis Newman. Dennis, how are you? Doing well, Jeff. Good to talk to you again. Yes, glad to have you back on. And uh, before we delve into the season, kind of want to look back just a little bit and... And now that we've had a summer to think about it, so did the organization kind of have a collective sigh of relief to have finally broken that playoff drought, getting a playoff appearance last year? I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, when you miss the playoffs for, what was it, seven years, and you know, and you really don't come close, uh, there was some problems. And you were getting to the point where you had you'd invested in some young guys. They hadn't tasted the postseason, really hadn't tasted much success uh, it was time. You would get to the point where you're almost going to have to do something again. And I think to make the playoffs last year with that group, to give them the confidence they had, and especially with the run late in the season, where they, you know, they showed they could be a top defensive team in the NBA, put up a good record. What they finished 22 and nine that that end of the season, make the playoffs. And though they lost four one in the playoffs, I think even gained a little confidence there, finding out what it was like, guys that had not been there winning a game against the uh, eventual NBA champion Toronto Raptors. And I think, again, just a boost of confidence, and they feel like they can do it again and and perhaps maybe go a little bit deeper. what it's all about in this league. Absolutely. And so, of course, they went into the offseason. Um, they had to attempt to re-sign their own free agents and Vucevic and Terrence Ross. They were able to get that done. And I got to feel like that this is a, a, a continued boost of confidence because they get to keep that continuity going into this season. Yeah, I think maybe a little more so than, than anyone other than maybe you know, the, the two guys that are calling the shots, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, thought, I mean, personally, when I looked at it going into the offseason, I didn't think they could do it. I, I did not think, first of all, I didn't think Terrence Ross would be back in Orlando. I thought he would get a, a big deal elsewhere, which I think he, he was talked to, but it sounds like Terrence wanted to stay with this group. He likes the fit with the team. He likes to fit with Steve Clifford. Um, Vucevic re-signed. There was interest in him around the league. So, yeah, I, I think a big surprise that they had the summer in the front office that they did. Everyone, really, that they wanted to come back, as you said, came back. Um, I think you've got them at the price points probably that you wanted to, and, and now you've got a little continuity, and, and now you try to build on that this season. And so as we move into this season, you know, it's a long NBA season, but will will it be imperative for them to get off to a good start? 
I think so. I, you know, it, it's not a young team, Jeff, but it is a team that, that still hasn't tasted a lot of success despite what they did last year. And I think to, to get off to a good start, show that they can get something going early, which last year, if you remember, they did not. The, the finish was the strong part of that season. To get off to a good start, get that confidence really flowing, and then then maybe put together the second half of the season that you had last year, this year, I mean, then you have something going. So, you know, what if they won 42 games last year, see if they can, you know, boost that up a little bit, maybe get a little higher in the seeding, make it a little easier if you do get into the playoffs in that first round. And I guess the X factor would be Mark Markel Fultz. They traded with the Sixers for him last season, knowing that he would not uh, uh, contribute last season, but counting on him for this year. Um, what do you kind of foresee happening there with, with Fultz? I think you're right on. I, I think Markel Fultz is the X factor for this Magic team this year. You know, if Markel turns into the kind of player I think that they think he will be, I think this team's going to be really good. Uh, there's no question about it. Point guard is the, the area where this team lacks a lot of depth. Um, and I think, you know, most people would say B.J. Augustine has been terrific. But most of his career, he's been a backup and a very good backup off the bench behind another point guard or starting point guard. But he started last year, had a terrific season. I think a career year for D.J. Augustine. Shot the ball great. But Markel Fultz, if he can become the player that, you know, where he was drafted. He was drafted number one in the NBA just three years ago. If he can become that star player, uh, boy, that just changes everything for this Magic team. You know, and, and I think the Magic, as they've done so far over this last year, they're going to bring him along very slowly. Um, they've already boosted his confidence. That's clear here in the preseason. And now just, just hope he continues to take steps forward. I like what Steve Clifford said in training camp. He said, you know, the only thing I tell Markel Fultz, I say, Markel, I want you to be a better player than you were yesterday. And tomorrow I want you to be a better player than you are today. Keep improving. We'll be just fine. And, you know, with, with the mixes and the point guards now, you know, Michael Carter-Williams came on at the end of last season. It was a, was a contributor, uh, really just the great timing of his arrival and his contribution. Uh, and it looks like in the preseason, they've done a lot of mixing and matching uh, with the guards. And uh, uh, obviously the preseason is a good place to try that out. What has been your assessment of that? Yeah, they are. Steve Clifford's trying to do a lot of different things here. Some of it by design. I think some of it because of injuries. Uh, you know, you're kind of playing with it a little bit, trying to figure out who can who can play with whom or what groups look better, the rotations that look better. Again, though, I think with the injuries, especially recently with uh, Fournier out, with a uh, one-do out for a few games, with Vucevic out, now with Terrence Ross out, I think it's kind of hard for Steve to do that and really get an idea of what he has. But... Uh, I guess to answer your question, he has seen Markel Fultz play out there with D.J. Augustine. He says we'll see more of that as the season goes on. I would think that probably be, well, it might be D.J. with the ball. It might be Markel. Uh, The good thing about those two together, both really good pick-and-roll players, and that creates some some problems, mismatches for the defense. But as you mentioned, Michael Carter-Williams, who Steve Clifford says probably his best defensive player right now. I think you're going to see him in a lot of situations. And don't be surprised to see Michael Carter-Williams play as uh, as a three in this this unit or, you know, either way, starters or backups. So I would think come off the bench, he'll guard threes. He can do that. He's big enough. He's good enough. So, you know, who knows? You might even see all three of them out there together at times. I would think that'd be seldom, but 
you will see a lot of uh, Markel Fultz. You'll see a lot of Michael Carter-Williams. And, again, I think you'll see Michael Carter-Williams guarding threes, playing the small forward position just to get him on the floor. Well, Nikola Vucevic had a banner year last year. It was a, a big part of uh, why the Magic were able to to make that run uh, towards the end of the season. Um, is he going to be able to continue to build upon that? You know, I don't see why he, he shouldn't, Jeff. I mean, he's 29 years old, really, you would say, probably at the peak of his career. Uh, it was a career year for him. I mean, 21 points a game. He averaged about 12 rebounds a game, led the team in scoring and rebounding. But, you know, I believe I believe he can still get better. I, you know, he, his shot seems to get better, especially from outside the last couple of years each year. Um, I think that three-point shot can continue to get better as he gets more and more comfortable. And I think you'll see a little more added emphasis from Steve Clifford this year with Booch to play him down low, take advantage of his skill set on the post. We may have gotten away from that a little bit too much last year, and I think Steve wants to mix and match that. Make sure teams have to guard Vucevic with that skill set. It is uh, it's quite a skill set. He can do a lot of things down there, and they'll use that and make teams pay, and then when they want to bring him out to create space, maybe for a Markel Fultz, but for drivers of the basketball, they can do that as well, bring him outside. And let's talk a little bit about the Human Torch. Terrence Ross uh, gives us great scoring off the bench, uh, great from three-point range. Um, So excited to have him back. Boy, what a year he had. I I mean, I could see Terrence Ross vying for a six-man-of-the-year award. I really believe he's that good a player. He's that good a shooter. Um, What a year. 15 points a game. Just shot the ball remarkably well. 38% 38% from outside, although as you watch Terrence Ross, I, I think this is a guy that can probably shoot it better than that. wouldn't surprise me to see Terrence Ross shoot over 40% outside. He's a streaky guy. He has been streaky throughout his career. Um, maybe if he can alleviate that a little bit, get a little more consistent, but I tell you what, I think the Magic and everybody with this team just loves what Terrence Ross brings them because when he's on the floor, you feel like you're in a basketball game. And then, you know, a couple of guys who have been here for a while who uh, who kind of suffered through a, a little bit of the losing. Evan Fournier, Eric Gordon, um, and, you know, these guys have to be thrilled to, you know, finally have been on a playoff team and getting the chance to continue to build this uh, this basketball team. Yeah, Aaron Gordon especially, and I, I think I'd include him. You know, you talked about Markel Fultz as the X-Factor for this team, and I, I think Aaron Gordon in a way might be that as well just because you're, you're still waiting, I think, for Aaron Gordon to take that next step. You know, he's only 24 years old. Now, this is his sixth year in the NBA, but 24 years old, I think you're still seeing him improve, still seeing him learn the game and learn, you know, what he can do on the floor against different guys. I think if Aaron can take... That next big step, I mean, last year averaged 16 points a game, about seven rebounds a game. But if he can bump that up with the defensive pressure that he can bring and the defensive player he can be, um, again, that'll be how this Magic team takes a great step forward as a group. And I think another guy that uh, will continue to grow that I that uh, 
showed some great athleticism and great skill, and you can kind of just see that the potential is very great is with Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, no question. And, and this is the guy that the Magic had really invested in, I think, for the future. And we're, we're seeing it. And again, just turned 22 years old, but just a remarkable athlete. You've seen his defensive pressure, his length here in the preseason. And, and this is a guy that gets better, I think, every time he rolls out on the floor. So uh, the future, in my mind, for this Magic team might be Jonathan Isaac, how good he can be. Um, you know, and they're not going to hurry him, but, but I think he's come along pretty quickly and he's right on track for this Magic team, but going to be a tremendous defensive player, and I think he will be this year in the NBA. And uh, what do you think we see out of Mo Bamba this year? You know, that that's a big question, I think. You know, I, I think a little disappointing year for Mo last year. He had the injury, so he sat out a lot of games, only played 47 games. But can he come back from that have a consistent year as far as health and get better, take a big step forward like Isaac. He's got to take a big step, even probably a bigger step than Jonathan Isaac. Mo Bamba's got to score. I think we've already seen he's put in the work outside in the preseason. He's really shot the ball well from three-point range, and that just creates a different basketball court, I think, for opponents. When Mo Bamba can make that three-point shot, that makes the, the magic really hard to guard because you know how good he is down low if you can send it into him. But he also opens the floor up for, again, so many guys to go and drive. So we'll see. But, again, a, a big player and a big part of this magic future if he can improve. And, you know, as I look up and down the roster, it's one of the things that's also impressive about this team is it's deep, and it's good to have that in the NBA. And you get a guy like Kim Birch that can come off the, the bench and give you good uh, minutes in the pivot. I think the difference, Jeff, between the Magic team of last year and this year is is depth. And, and it's quite a considerable difference when you think about it. We've already talked about Michael Carter-Williams. We had him half the year, and I think that's why the Magic had that big second half. big part of that was Michael Carter-Williams really pushing the pace and his added defense. You've got him. You've got the guy we've already talked about, Markel Fultz, who gives you just another terrific point guard. Maybe the starter midway through the season. May not. May continue to come off the bench but gives you added depth at that spot, much needed. And a guy, not too many Magic fans, I don't know, have, have really recognized yet, unless you're really paying attention in the preseason, is Alfa Lucamino. I mean, they picked mm-hmm. him up in free agency. This was their top free agent pick. Got him from Portland. He's a veteran, and he plays well. Ninth year in the NBA, but he does so many things well. Um, nothing too flashy, but he'll rebound, he'll defend, he can make a three-point shot. Uh, just a great team plays. One of those guys, and you see him all over the league on good teams, just glue guys that kind of hold a group together. I think Aminu will be one of those kinds of guys for the Magic. Yeah, the, the, those were the exact words I was thinking. Glue guy, exactly. Um, and so the Magic drafted uh, Chumo Kiki out of Auburn, who uh, uh, had the had the tough injury in the uh, NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, what are you hearing about his uh, his re- his rehab? You know, my understanding right now, Jeff, is they're just continuing to go along with that, just trying to bring him back. That was a significant injury. There's no question about it. You know, you talked to a lot of people about an ACL injury. And, you know, some people will tell you you should be out a year from basketball. I don't think that's going to be the case with uh, him, but I think he continues to rehab. Still hasn't signed with the Magic. So until he signs, you know, you really know, won't know which direction he'll go. May end up in Lakeland, may be with the team, but... I think right now nobody's really worrying about that. They're just trying to get the young guy healthy. But everything I've seen, watching him play last year at Auburn, I watched a little tape of him this season, 
it looks like he's a, he's a talented young guy. I think he's going to fit right in. Really good kid, really hard worker, a team player, um, terrific athlete. So we'll see, but I think that's down the road and probably not till next year. And as far as this season goes, uh, how do you look at the landscape in the Eastern Conference? It certainly is going to tilt differently, you know, with uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, departing Toronto. Uh, how do you think? How do you think things stack up in the conference? Well, I, you know, looking at it, I, I just think it's anybody's game. Uh, Milwaukee seems to be a cut above everybody, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think uh, Philadelphia. We saw them last night in the preseason in Orlando, and just a terrific team, really, really talented with Embiid. They just got a lot of guys around him with Simmons and Richardson, Tobias Harris, who, of course, spent some time here. And they add Al Horford, and then pretty good bench as well, some veteran guys coming off the bench. I like Philly a lot. Uh, I I do like Milwaukee. After that, I, I don't know... But there's much difference between the next three or four. Some would say Boston. Uh, I'm not convinced. I think Boston lost a couple of key pieces in Al Horford and Kyrie. Uh, we'll see. You know, they, they still have a lot of talent. There's no question about it. I think they'll be in the mix. But there's no reason this Magic team, with the players we see on the roster right now, can't compete in Eastern Conference and be right up near the top. Yeah, and would you say they have a good possibility of maybe being a five or a six seed uh, come at the end of this season? Absolutely. I, I don't see why not. I mean, it, it all depends, I think, on what we talked about earlier. You've got to see growth. You've still got some guys that have to progress. And we've mentioned Aaron Gordon. We've mentioned Markel Fultz. I think uh, Evan Fournier has got to have a bounce back here. Evan, not happy, I'm sure, with his year last year. Didn't shoot the ball like he's capable. We need a big year from Evan Fournier because uh, this is a guy that scores for this team and scores at, at the right time late in games to win games. We need a big Evan Fournier to play one of his better years in his career. This would be his eighth year in the league. And what would you say the biggest thing Steve Clifford brought to the Magic last season that uh, that helped facilitate this turnaround? You know, he's such a great teacher of basketball. I, I think, first of all, he's a down-to-earth guy. I think the guys really identify him. I, I think they know he knows what he's talking about. He knows basketball. He's a very good coach. He's a no-nonsense guy. I mean, this is a guy. This is not an easy guy to play for him. He'll get on him. They know that. You know, in a way, I think players like that. They respect him, especially when they know he knows what he's talking about. Um, you know, he's come from the Van Gundy school. He, he knows a little bit about basketball, but I think they respect him, and I think they're I think they're listening. And, and in the NBA, I've learned that over the 29 years in the NBA, if they're not listening to the coach, you might as well forget it because nobody's going to succeed. Well, Dennis, as we're about to embark on another season, um, anything that uh, out there that you kind of see, you know, what what interests you out, out elsewhere in the in the NBA? Well, it'll be interesting, I think, as you look out at, at the West to see what's going to happen with Golden State. You know, they've lost some key pieces, still have some good players, but Clay Thompson out probably half the year. It'll be it'll be fun to watch that story, see how that unfolds. The story in L.A. is interesting to me with LeBron and now Davis added to that. We'll, we'll see how that comes along, see if they can make that work and, and get winning back in L.A. with the Lakers. And I think maybe... To me, the most interesting team to watch this year, 
like being a New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, with the rookie Zion Williamson, who we've seen in the preseason, he's not overhyped. This kid is a tremendous talent, and I, and I think anyone will tell you will be a better NBA player than he was a college player. I think the game fits him better with his size and his abilities. Uh, boy, they've got a lot of talent around him. Look at that New Orleans team, and it is loaded. So uh, keep an eye on them. It, it might be a good year down there in New Orleans, and I think they're going to have a little fun. Well, Dennis, uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time. Look forward to hearing many of your calls uh, throughout the season on the Magic Radio Network. And uh, again, thanks for joining us here on the podcast to give us the preview of the Magic. Thanks, Jeff. Always enjoy talking basketball with you and uh, hope to see you at the Amway Center this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I love what he said about Zion Williams. Remember when everybody was like saying, you know, when he was out injured last season with Duke and he should shut it down, protect his career? But he wanted to come back and play, and he did, and uh, he's tremendous. And then you also have those those other pundits who were saying that, you, you know, at the next level, you know, he's, he's kind of a tweener. He's not going to have a role. To me, the guy is just a basketball player, and you don't have to pigeon him into one particular slot or one particular dimension. So, uh I kind of like what Dennis said there in regards to Zion Williamson. All right, as I continue to watch the American League Championship Series, it's going to the ninth now as we record. Uh, Gleyber Torres hit a home run, but Astros still lead 4-1. to one. And uh, by the way, the Wednesday weather forecast as we look at our super-duper Doppler radar uh does not look like, like uh, very promising to play baseball on Wednesday, which means uh, games four through seven would have to be played Thursday through Sunday with a, with a travel day taken out of the equation. So uh, that could be a pretty interesting and impactful on the series as well. And before we go, how about this story? Mike Maddox, excuse me, Siri is a, uh, Interrupting me. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> I seem to be having trouble Sorry about that. Let's uh let's uh take a moment and shut her down. Thank you very much. <laughs> Don't know what I said to trigger her, but uh, there we go. Where was I? Oh yes. So uh Mike Maddox, pitching coach for the Cardinals, you know, was a was a longtime major league pitcher, did not have the success that Greg Maddox, his brother, did, but uh, certainly a nice career and and is definitely one of the top pitching coaches in Major League Baseball. So he goes golfing before Game 3, the NLCS. He has not one, but two hole-in-ones, shooting a 73. I might not have gone to the game. (laughs) It turned out to be a disappointment that evening anyway, but how about that? Two Aces from Mike Maddox on a, on a golf outing before Game 3 of the NLCS. That's uh, pretty remarkable stuff. As always, we invite you to subscribe. Go to jeffallensportstalk.com. You can uh, search for the uh, podcast f- uh, provider that uh, you are most happy with to get our podcast. We're on many of them. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Apple, Google, we're out there. So uh, make sure you do subscribe. We love to have you aboard. And please, as always, we ask you to uh, to tell a friend 
as well. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer's Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog in the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at kramersalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E. LVE.net.